Welcome back to another video here on Financial Friends. Today, we're going to be discussing This Week in Finance. It's a weekly podcast series I host here on the YouTube channel and other podcasting platforms as well, discussing everything that I found interesting over the course of the week in finance. I break the story, I give my opinion, and we cover as much as possible. So without further ado, hit that like button, comment down below anything about any of these stories. I will definitely be reading and replying to all comments and hit subscribe. Join the friend group. We're over 1,000 strong. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's stories. The first one here, you can see it on your screen. Pepsi reported earnings early Wednesday morning. The company beat on earnings per share in revenue with $1.97 EPS versus that $1.84 that was expected and a $21.97 billion worth of revenue on that top line versus the $20.84 billion that was expected. The company also saw higher revenues matched with lower volumes, which is, I'm pretty sure, a sign of what you guessed it, inflation. Frito-Lay North America, the division that operates basically all of the chips here in North America, Canada, Mexico, and the United States, saw a 20% increase in revenue, but a 2% decrease in volume. That was also reflected with Quaker Foods North America, a 15% increase in revenue and a 4% decrease in volume, and not quite reflected with the Pepsi Beverages division here in North America, but 4% increase in revenue and a 1% increase in volume. The foreign regions, so overseas, other countries, pretty much the same thing here. Some both increases, some both decreases, and some mixed as well. The company did raise their full year guidance from 10 to 12% organic revenue growth and from 8 to 10% on core constant currency EPS. I have my little blurb down there in the bottom giving my opinion on how I thought that Pepsi was not the perfect bellwether or the perfect ideal first one up on earnings to really get excited because they had a beat on both top and bottom line. They're a grocery store staple. People are going to continue to buy these products. The price of these products is going to continue to keep pace or grow above inflation. So that way the company can continue to profit off of a normally lower margin business. Now, it doesn't quite fit the description of big tech companies. It doesn't quite fit the description of you know material companies or utility companies or anything else, banks, financials, completely unrelated to financials. Um, and so for that reason, I'm not quite sure we're going to see a fantastic earnings season. I'm not quite sure we're going to see a poor earnings season. A lot of people think it might be somewhere in the middle. Either way, Pepsi was really the first big dog up. And we had a pretty good report from them. So we will see what happens in earnings season. And obviously, it will be covered here on This Week in Finance. Next up, sticking with grocery store staples, Kroger and Albertsons announcing they could be having a merger as early as this, the end of this week or announcing that merger as early as the end of this week, which if you're watching this is on Sunday was a couple of days ago and me recording it could be tomorrow. Kroger and Albertsons are the first and second largest U.S. supermarkets. Put that into perspective. Number one and number two could be joining forces. That's like Ford GM. I don't know actually by size if those are the two largest. I'm just assuming. But imagine Ford and GM combined. Obviously, Tesla's in a league of their own. We're not going to count them. Imagine Tesla and Ford combined. <laughs> that would basically be like this happening. Kroger has 28 stores in 35 states, 420,000 employees, and 25 different banners. Albertsons, if I'd have read what Albertsons numbers were for Kroger, you would have just thought it was perfectly fine. 2,200 stores in 34 states, 290,000 employees, and 22 different banners or 22 different stores. 
That's massive. The companies have a $32 billion market cap and $15 billion market cap, respectively. That's Kroger and then Albertsons. And they don't quite beat out Walmart. Walmart is technically the largest grocer in the United States by revenue. But with these two joining forces, it's going to draw some attention. And it already has. The Wall Street Journal reported and basically said, look, we don't quite know if this is going to go through. If this happens, there's going to be a bunch of regulatory scrutiny. Obviously, they operate because they have so many stores, and I mentioned 34 and 35 states. They're operating in some of the same states. In particular, Southern California, Washington, Colorado, Texas, and Chicago. Now, either Kroger Albertsons or both could be expected to divest some of the stores that kind of overlap in region. And what that means is basically get rid of them, sell them off, sell them to some other regional or smaller grocer or to someone who needs a really, really big building. A Wells Fargo analyst mentioned they expected it could be about 25% of Albertsons stores, poof, gone. And you're basically getting a full-blown Kroger with three-fourths of an Albertsons and they're combining. I'm not quite sure there were talks of price anywhere. That's something that could be announced soon. Very interested to see that price. Uh, They were up big today. Well, Kroger was up about a percent. Albertsons up about 11%. This is really going to be interesting. Two of the largest grocers in the country joining forces to take on the big dogs. You will see more about this story on This Week in Finance and probably next week. So make sure to stay tuned and hit the bell so you can be up to date on this story. My next big headline here was Netflix's ad-supported plan. They announced this about seven months ago, and now the plan is coming out. Netflix will launch their ad-supported tier in November, so in a couple of weeks here, at $6.99 a month. Let's call it $7 a month. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, it is a dollar less than Disney's. Disney's offering a ton of different content, but Netflix, I feel, is a little bit more diverse, has a bit bigger of a name in the streaming world. I think Disney, obviously, is a much more diverse company. They have a lot more to offer in terms of not just streaming. You can go to parks, you can buy merchandise, all these other things. Netflix is just a streamer, but they do it very, very well. There's going to be a huge draw from people simply because of the big name at $7 a month. Now, for every hour of content, you could see it here under the headline. There's going to be about four to five minutes of commercials. These commercials were run before and during the content. And Netflix's advertisers, which nearly sold out after the first kind of release of ad slots, can pick how they want to advertise. Do they want to advertise on specific genres? Do they want to advertise in specific countries? And do they want to advertise on graphic or sexual content? They can select whether or not they want to opt in or opt out of that and where or on what they want to advertise. So this is something that is going to be really interesting. It comes just below that $9.99 mark for the ad-free version and way below the $15.49 or $20 a month option that Netflix currently offers. Some people from within the company do expect that people will be bouncing around. 
they'll be on the ad tier, they'll be on the non-ad tier, and they'll kind of find what they can support. And they said as well, we're not trying to get people to pick one or the other. We are just offering two good services so that people can then join and we can have advertisers advertise on that ad-supported tier and we'll take in some more revenue. So I'm really interested to see how this pans out. Netflix was a company I've been harping on because they've been doing poorly recently. And other companies, in the streaming department at least, like Disney, have been doing pretty well. So I'll be keeping an eye on this. I'm very interested to see how this plays out for Netflix. I'm also going to be very interested to see how this plays out for Disney later on down the road when I do believe they launched theirs sometime in December. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's when Disney's is coming out. So we'll see who can draw more revenue, who's going to have a higher kind of revenue base um, based on their advertisers. The next story here, I think we're all pretty familiar with what's going on. The Federal Reserve minutes just came out the other day, this being Wednesday, and they said, look, higher rates for longer. This is probably going to be the case when we see numbers like this. Inflation increased 0.4%. That number came out today. That means prices were up 8.2% from what they were a year ago, again, reflecting the inflation we saw with Pepsi. So, not much to say here. We're trying to do something. We're not doing it. Some people are calling for a 100 basis point hike later. I'm not quite sure that's going to help. I'm not quite sure that's going to hurt. There is a massive problem that is growing. And the video that I made on that problem will be linked up above. Go ahead and check it out. But essentially, we have the top 40% of income earners making up 60% of spending. We have the bottom 20% making up just 9% of spending. And if you're looking to decrease demand or spending, you're going to have to hurt that top two, or that top 40%. And what that's going to do is cause massive amounts of pain to the bottom 20%. So we're going to have to find a way to do this. We're either going to have to pull the plug or keep kind of tiptoeing around. It seems as if this isn't working, but obviously rate hikes and the effects that they cause could take about a year or so to kind of play out. Probably, yes, we should have been raising rates a long time ago, but we waited a long time to begin to react, and now we're paying the price. Go ahead and check out that video that was linked up above. I talk more about this topic. All right. There was going to be a a big story here with PayPal, and they pretty much walked back exactly what they said. There was going to be a fine from PayPal to your PayPal account of $2,500 if they found that you were spreading misinformation or breaking any one of the other rules that they outlined. This has then been walked back by PayPal saying that the update went out in error. Now, I was literally just scrolling Twitter when I stumbled upon this story. I didn't look very, very deep into it, but I did go ahead and read the entire PDF that they had released on what was going to be charged. And it seemed as if some people were upset. They were. People were very upset. People were leaving the platform left and right. So was this actually gone out in error Or did they try to release something, realize they were going to be hit way too hard on their consumer base, and just backed out of it? I'm not quite sure. I'm not going to dive too much into the topic because it was walked back and it's not going to be happening. But you can leave your thoughts and opinions down below in the comment section. Now, a pretty big story that I talked about early on this week was Rivian. Rivian recalled almost all of its vehicles due to some loose fasteners that essentially caused people to lose control. Now, I've been seeing some videos online. Rivian is 
solving this problem for all of the people who had re uh, recalled vehicles. They're coming out to your driveway if need be. You can drive up to one of their facilities and get it fixed within minutes. So it's not this massive deal where you got to take the vehicle in and get it fixed and maintenance and all this. There's a simple and easy fix to it, but it affects almost all of the cars. The company is looking to produce 25,000 vehicles by the end of this year and having a recall that hits 13,000 vehicles that were built both last year and this year, it's pretty painful. It's not necessarily a great time for something like this to happen, especially when, again, you're trying to scale up to that $25,000 mark. It doesn't necessarily prove they're rushing vehicles, but it did prove that something within their manufacturing process was not correct, obviously, and hopefully that got fixed, but how much that cost them, how much time that had to waste, that's really to be unknown. Now, I love this company. I invested in this company early on. I had since sold my shares in this company. However, I have an issue with the valuation of this business. And I took down some numbers at the time of writing this and those numbers because of this volatile market we're in could have changed. But for the time being, here were the numbers that I pulled. Rivian had a market cap of $31 billion with about 15,000 cars produced at the time. That means they were valued at $2 million a vehicle. Ford, on the other hand, they had produced, or they were worth, I'm sorry, $49 billion and had produced 872,000 vehicles in just 2022 alone, meaning they're worth $56,000 a vehicle. So you have Rivian, a company unproven, worth $2 million a car, and Ford, a proven behemoth, worth $56,000 a car. Now, obviously, this is going to be something that is a stark difference. You have a massive company with a history of producing vehicles. They're going to have some form of leg up in producing these vehicles, which is going to drop the price per vehicle. However... That is a very stark difference, a very stark difference, and one that I won't necessarily say is concerning, but coming from someone who is investing or looking to invest in a business, do you want to invest in a business that has promise and is making 15,000 cars with hopes of making 25,000, or do you want to invest in a blue chip company like Ford that can produce 872,000 cars and actually in total here, 915,000. That's a decision for you. That's a definite risk analysis. There could be a much bigger payoff over the long term with Rivian, but they have a lot of issues. They're not yet profitable and they're having to recall a lot of cars. Ford has to recall a lot of cars too. It's really just something that happens in the industry, but nonetheless, it's not necessarily the best thing in the world. Um, for either company, but in particular with a company that makes 15,000 cars a year. All right, and my last story here, touching on Coinbase and Google. Google selected Coinbase to take on cloud payments with cryptocurrency. This is obviously A, a massive validation for Coinbase, and on Google's side, it's a way to steal some company, or some clients, I should say, gain some more fellow company. Google is expanding their cloud. They've been attempting to expand their cloud for a long time, and now they're opening it up to some more customers, allowing people to pay with cryptocurrency and seemingly taking away some of Coinbase's applications from Amazon Web Services to cloud, meaning 
if you get to kill two birds with one stone, you're taking away some of Amazon's web, <laughs> web services clients and you're gaining some of your own. That's a win-win. Now, the details of this can kind of be found here. Really, it's just allowing people to make payments with cryptocurrencies. Google will allow customers to make payments with cryptocurrency. Coinbase Commerce is what they're gonna be kind of using. will include Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dogecoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and obviously some others. The terms were not discussed, and as for the cryptocurrencies that Google will be willing to accept, I'm not quite sure what those are yet. But that's been all the news I have here this week in finance. I do hope that you enjoyed. I hope you learned something new. Comment your thoughts on any of these stories down below. Also, just comment if you made it this far. 100 basis points, 75 basis points, or for any of you who are still thinking, 50 basis points. Comment that down below. I would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions. Hit the like button as well. I do appreciate you watching. Hit subscribe, then hit the bell. That way you're notified every single time a new one of these videos and all the others comes out here on the channel. Thank you very much, and I'll see you all in the next one. Take care.